0: sound of revival the word is waiting for me to be heard i am the bible i want to speak on the subject a ready church for his coming i'm more concerned about the church because the thing is that when you go to school there's something called the venn diagram it's a huge diagram you know but within it are subsets and when jesus comes he's not coming for the world he's coming for the church and my concern as an apostle of the kingdom is to think about the church. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So I'm speaking on the subject, a ready church for his coming. Because until the church is ready, he's not coming. That is where the problem is. But there's another paradox to it. He also take the church by surprise. So the question is that who determines when the church is ready? It's only the Lord. In fact, Jesus said that he himself doesn't know the day and the time that he will come. Only the Father knows it. But what makes this theme a very interesting theme is that the man Jesus is the most controversial human being we have ever seen on earth. We know him as the Savior, as Christians, but to the world, many people seem to be very controversial. And I want to prove from you from Scripture Why people even don't believe that Jesus is coming again? And they have a reason for that. Because Jesus said, a little while I'll be with you. A little while I will leave. And the world will not know me, but you will know me because I will be in you. And so the world is not able to envisage when we say Jesus is coming back. And let's look at this scenario. This is someone born by a woman, a teenage woman, whose father could not be found. And we are told that he was conceived from the Holy Ghost. I want to build that from something. Because you see, we are in what we call an information age. And a Christian must not only preach the Bible according to what he believed, but he must also meet a professor, an intelligentia, and still be able to preach this gospel to him. We are in an era, when when you are talking to your child, he knows at times, three times what you know. Because they read wide. I mean, my son is here. We have, at times, between ni- there was some time between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. We didn't finish the topic. He came to ask me a question about the end time. We And he does a lot of research. And by 2 a.m., I told him I want to sleep. Because I felt that I had not convinced him enough. In actual fact, he had done his research before coming to me. He was telling me about what the church went through, AD 70 and all that. And he was asking me very, very, very interesting questions. And I felt that I needed to do more research. So I came to the conclusion that this age is abreast with a lot of things that are going on. When we were younger, we had books. They don't have books anymore. They have electronics. By the bottom, they can know what is going on. And the sad thing is that there are so many information moving through the system. We are in the best time of preaching the gospel and the worst time of people receiving it. Because there are conflicting opinions about the coming of Christ. Very doubtful Beth about Jesus. Today, I want to change a little bit about your mindset. I know you believe that Jesus, but it's a very doubtful one. I have met people, that have talked to, I've met scientists, and they asked me to tell me which human being on earth was just conceived of the Holy Ghost. Prove to me. And I said, I cannot prove to you, but I believe. And I ask also to tell them that which human being on this earth overcame gravity and overcame the law of density. And I leave him there. To the extent that I cannot explain to you that... Jesus was not born by a human being, and I believe that he was born by the Spirit of God, I also ask you a question. Which human being had overcome the law of density and the law of gravity? And said, I will come back to you. We'll talk about it later. There is something about Jesus that makes him different from every other religious leader that has ever lived. Yes, he was born like that. Now, he was a king, born a king. But contrary and as a paradox, how can a king be born in a manger? That's another issue about Christ. I'm building up something. Why? We have a challenge. And the world cannot believe that indeed he's coming back. But we know that he's coming back. Lift up your hands with and say, I know he's coming back. I believe he's coming back. Say, I surely believe he'll come back. So when you see a king born in a manger, it becomes another doubtful thing. And the issue is that all kings are born in palaces. But this Jesus is born in a manger. And then they ask him, where is your kingdom? And this is where the problem came. He said, my kingdom is not of this earth. And therefore, you find me being born in a palace like you see. I am born and I, my kingdom is in heaven. I came on this earth for an assignment. He lived as a man, the next thing blasphemy. a human being. Raised in society and claims to be the son of God. And he told them that he came from the father. And the Bible said they picked stones and they began to stone him. That was blasphemy. I want you to know that it's really blasphemy. And let's be honest. I think that with the knowledge that I have, if I was in Jesus' age, it would have been difficult for me to believe in him. Don't let us be. It is going to be very difficult. Because some of the things he did, the reason why you and I believe in him is that 2,000 years have passed. Theologians have spoken. A lot of things have been done to the extent that you believe. Don't blame the people who began with him too much. Think about yourself. Because your age is more treacherous than their age. Nobody is fighting you. But the information around tells you, really, is he coming back? He died as a lamb. He's coming back to save the world. They felt it was treason. And that they had to punish him. But he promised... To come back in like manner. Now, in Acts chapter 1, from verse 9 to 11, we see Jesus, after he had gone through all these sins, died and resurrected, meeting them in Mount Oliver and saying this to And when he had spoken these things, from verse 11, Act chapter 1, from verse 9 to 11, which also said, ye men... Of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, not another one, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as he has. You have seen him go into heaven. It's a very difficult scripture. I want to let you said the same manner. He's not coming as a spirit. He's not coming. He's coming in the same manner in human form. And I'm going to explain to you why nobody believes that he's coming back because you realize that as we move on, the signs now that we see all around us will defy this particular thing. But we are men and women of faith. Let's move on to verse number 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in apparel. These were the two men. I believe they were angels. They were the same angels that stood there when the resurrection took place. They are here again. And you see them in sequence following the life of Jesus. Let's move on. Verse number 11, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, this same Jesus, the way you see him now in bodily form, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. He's going to come the same way. Now, if I went to school to a point and you tell me this, thing, it's going to be very difficult for me to believe. And let me tell you why. We are in an era when Elon Musk, when I was doing geography in sixth form, we were told that there are nine planets. We know now there are more than nine or ten or so, so and so. Man is trying to discover a lot of things. When the first man went to the moon in 1969 July, the Apollo issue. And you know Apollo is a god in Greek. Man then began to explore the moon and we realized that no, the moon is not as far as from the earth. Man himself cannot go, but he can do something to take you there. Now they want to go to Mars with Artemis, who is another god in Greek. And I want you to understand what is happening in this information age. Artemis is the closest power to Apollos. These are all gods of Greek. And when you get to this intellectual age, what is happening is that the world is trying to prove to us That there is nothing man cannot do. And that when you say a man is going to come from heaven, we have to look at it again. They have proven to us that by a rocket, you can fly and go and come back. Today, by millions of dollars, you can just go for some minutes and come back within 15 minutes. So all these things are making our generation doubtful. And when you go on Facebook, you go on YouTube, you see a whole group of people championing the fact that Jesus, including pastors, are saying that we should forget about the fact that Jesus is coming back. And they are not the first people. It has always been that. In the days of Paul, there were people like that who spoke. What makes our time very difficult is that we're in an information age where you don't need to read a book. When you open your phone, the phone tells you yourself, without asking for it, that Jesus is not coming back. There's now a clash between your faith and reality. And that's what many Christians are going through now. He will return visibly, bodily in the same way. So when we say Jesus is God, he is God in the sense of creation, he is God in the form of thinking, he is God in the form of doing things, but in bodily form, Jesus is the son of God. And the body that he has, he will come back in the same body. I cannot understand it. But what makes me understand is that when you see a man who throughout his life, everything he says comes to pass. There's a certainty. That's what, if you did some probability, I mean, somebody speaks. Recently, there's a prophet who said that Brazil, Ghana was called Brazil or something. There are a lot of things going on. Now, when you're a prophet and you start giving prophecy, and two out of ten is correct, you become a suspect. Are are you with me? I mean, it's like you are playing dummy or Ludo. So it's like you are trying to see whether the thing will work. But we are talking about somebody, Jesus. And I I want us to see Jesus as a man because I will present him as the Christ. My theme is that Christ is coming, the anointed one. But I want us to look at Jesus as a man speaking because he spoke as a man. Now, He's coming in the same way. And if you look at everything he said, from the day his mother met him at the wedding and said, the people need something to drink. He told him, he said, just yes, put some water in it. He changed it. Now, when he died, and this is the most important thing. When I was at the age of 13, I read a lot of books on Hare Krishna, Buddhism and everything, because my father had a lot of libraries. And I'd read things about astral travels and all these things, I have done them. Very, at a very early age, 12, 13, 14, I read a lot of books about these things. One day, me and my father, we had a lot of argument about what Jesus is, because my father told me that Jesus is like any other religious leader that had ever lived. And I asked my father a question. I said, which of these leaders died and rose again? And I asked my father a question. I said, if you have three mass teachers, and one of them is able to make you get an A, and the other is able to get a C or a B. Which one will you choose? My father told me that I'm a young man. I'm coming in life when I get there. So when my, now my son is doing it to me, you know? And so I, I, I get where, where my son is really, really coming from. Then my father told me a story. He said in Tibet, there was a certain man in an occult world. Because my father had read the book, um, I'll tell you the name. And one day he would knock at my door and say, you know, I want to tell you something. Have you read that book? So he gave me a book, and I began to read that book. That man would come out of his body every three days and go out. But every occultic master has somebody who is an assistant. When you are out, you cannot come. They now use the commandments to bring you in. He had done it for many years in Tibet. Tibet is close to China, that area, Asia area. Very popular but he made a big mistake. He now decided that he would publish it in the whole of Tibet, and that's where the problem comes from. Lift up your hands when me. Say, wherefore, God highly exalted him and giving him a name that is above every name, that every the name of Jesus, every name must bow, and every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord. So this man posted the whole of Tibet. He said, I want to prove to you that not only Jesus died and rose I can do it and that is where you break the things because there are realms in the spirit and there are powers and authority there are things you can do in your home work. when you come out you begin to meet what we call the forces I want to tell you something when Jesus was with the disciples in Gethsemane the reason why they slept was that all the demons on the world had gathered in one place you would have slept, I would have slept all the busting of powers of the devil for the first time they woke up and said, could you not sleep with me? They were not dealing with sleep. They were dealing with powers of darkness. They just could not stand it. Because they needed to pray. But when they open their eyes, it closes. They just could not, they didn't know what was happening. They were dealing with powers beyond themselves. This man then goes out like he does many times. The third day, people gather to wait. He's not coming. Then, after some time, a power came to the being of the assistant and he took a sword and cut his body into pieces. The man died. Jesus is not just human, Jesus is the Son of God. I say, He's the Son of God. He ate like we ate. He spoke like we spoke. This same Jesus will come back. Through the clouds, he will come through. But what is the current state of the church? Because he will be coming for the church. I'm concerned about the church. Because you see, when I was young, when you are young, you feel that, and I see many people fix the country and all that. It's nice. When you are young, you think you can control the world. When you grow a little bit, you realize that the world is bigger. Very, very big. It's like when you're we a young pastor, you think you can run the church better. You know? But as you begin to see the problems, you realize that it's huge. There's a current state of the church. With all the gloom of the church, I tell you, the church is in the best state when it comes to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, don't lose that fact. We have never had such outpouring of the Holy Spirit than we have in our days. Where a church can gather 20,000 and 30,000 and all these mega churches. But there are issues. In the midst of the outpouring, and I want to deal with that. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17... Peter stands there and talked about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as jo- Joel prophesied. He said, and it shall come to pass. In the last days, dear God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Young men are doing great things. Powerful things in these days. In that era in which we have. They are doing it through technology. Online there are people online that can get thousands of people administering to them. So really, the church is not really going down. It's growing. But I'm going to show you the context in which the church is growing. In the midst of the growth are challenges. We have a vibrant victorious church but a less militant less zealous A less spiritual church. And that's where the church has reached. We are living. The church has never prospered. Yesterday, Bishop talked about the Laodicean church. We have never had so much wealth that we have now. We have never prospered the way we have prospered now. We are victorious in many ways. But we are less militant. We are less zealous. And we have become less spiritual. And listen to the songs we sing. And that is why I was listening to the song all the choristers sing. I realize there are two things that lead a church. If it's not the word, it's the song. That's why someone like Chaspedion would never appoint you or dare you a pastor if you don't like songs or worship. Because he feels that if the word is not working. So in the Orthodox churches, the pastor comes Saturday, he needs to sit down with you and choose a song. The idea of the song is that the song is helping you to make you understand the message that is preached. We have come to a point in our church and I feel so strongly that the type of songs we sing is also part of the problem of the church. Because the choristers are the only people in the church that stands with the pastor throughout the year. Every other ministry is outside. And I, I believe strongly that a choir in the midst Of everything that has gone wrong in the church can sustain a church. If they are singing the right songs, if you hear his coming back, you may not understand my message. But if you hear a choir sing, he coming back. Yes, they heard the choir sing. The church triumphant. You may not understand the message, but if you hear the song, it will tell you something. It has come to a point that the church must begin to change and look at what we are singing and what we are preaching. And that is why many people don't believe. Yes, we're in an economic turmoil. People want to eat and everything. But I think that something is just getting messed up. And God wants us to fix it. Let's look at something. As you know, the world is now about 8 billion people. 2.56 2.5 billion, 2.5 billion are Christians. Out of that, 1.3 billion are Catholics. Catholics. Of course, when they have been there for about 2,000 years. So, out of our 2.56, or let's say 2.6 billion, 1.3 billion are Roman Catholics all over the world. Now, the 1.3 billion are shared between um, the, the, the Anglican, who are the Orthodox, the Pentecostal, the charismatic, the new prophetic move. So, we take all this 1.3 billion. If you take India and China, who, is, who are now about 3 billion, their Christian population is, is, is about two. So, China is about 1.4 billion. Um, We are told that India is going to overtake them. I've reasons why I'm sharing these things with you so that we will understand where the church is getting to. In this highly concentrated population, only few of them know Christ. Thank God for Africa. When you go to Europe, it's becoming like pegamos. They are leaving the place and they are moving out. Africa has about 50%. Christians. But the question is that how strong is the church? That's the question we must ask. Because if you look at Matthew 24, certain things are going to change. And this is what it is. Let me damn business Now, what is happening? There's a big conflict between the world and the church. The church is working hard, but the church has never been confronted with much problems and challenges than our time. We are in an era of internet. I can preach on the internet. But when I preach one message, there are about 20 other messages that are contrary to what I have preached on the same internet. So you come to church, your pastor is preaching, the congregation looks at you and is like, what you are saying, I don't agree much. Because he has heard another thing that's contrary to your message. Number two, we have never reached an era where intellectuals have gone into voodoo than ever. Today you see people, professors, intellectuals, managers of companies into all shrines and voodoo to the point that it has entered the church. So there's increasing darkness. Immorality is being sold online. Signs, so key. And the world governing systems. So be sure to talk about the one world system thing. All this issue about democracy and all thing that is going on. They are all facades. that are hidden somewhere. Using it to break moral systems in the world. So the church is becoming more confused. I know you believe that Jesus is coming back. But the church has revelation. The church has gifts. Prophetic things. There are so many things taking place, but the question is that we are crushed. So much crushed in the world that we don't know what to do. Because at times, you come to church and you cannot know whether you are in church or we are in the world. This is the problem. Let me say something. The church must now move into the power gifts. Can I have an amen? Your amen is not strong enough. Can I hear louder amen? Can I hear a shout to the Lord? This thing may take about three days, so I'm trying to just coin it together so we can get it. The church needs to be more militant. This is why Some of the people, because I don't want to be judgmental, only Christ can judge, have mastered the art of going to pick people from one place. Tell them, put yourself in a wheelchair. When I command, you get up. They are smarter. Jesus said that the people of the world are smarter than us. They sat down. They looked at it. They saw that like the Laodicean and the Bishops. We become so, so cool. We become so rich. We are so loose and they realize that people want to see something, so they bypass us and there are people who are doing that job, that when you are coming behave as if your hands are like this when you come, when I say hand straighten, then it's straighten you see, people trooping to that place what does it tell us? it means that the world has so much knowledge, what they are looking is to see the signs and wonders that follows the word amen Amen? Yes. As different speakers, I know that we are going to come from different angles, but I want to talk about the church. You are part of the church. We don't hear prophecies anymore. But I tell you, you, say, when we go, born again, you go to church, you hear prophecy. I'm coming. I'm coming, prepare yourself. Today, no. We don't hear. Though we are getting closer, we don't hear. It's as a result of what we hear and what is around us. But the issue is that this is the text and this is what the trick is and this is what I want to talk to you about. That will shock you. It's been proven that over 70% of Christians in the church think like the world. And that's what I came to talk to you about. We are here gathered this evening but 70% of your mental processes and your mindset is worldly. Think about what you read compared to the Bible you read. Think about your time you pray concerned to other times that you have. I'm more concerned about the church. Because the politician is concerned about the more loyal politicians. And let's get it straight. I don't see why when it comes to the world, I'm going to deal with the saving of the souls. I'm not too much worried. I heard Bishop talking about prizes and all that. And, and, and I believe him on that. My concern is about those of us in the church, what we are doing. Because he's coming for the church. The church has increasing light in the world spiritual gifts it's a worthy church but at the Laodicean church Jesus said you kicked me out a long time ago Revelation 3.20 he said I want my church back I built it but because of the way you are you look lukewarm I've come out and he's knocking and saying can I come back I want to come in I need my church back because we are in end time. When I think about Russia, well, they have problems, all right. But in all Europe, Russia has the highest Christians we have, really. So when you begin to look at the world system, it's a bit confusing. But this is it. And let's get it this is what it is. He wants his church back. Give him some praise. This is his church. He wants the prayer back. He wants the prophecy back. He wants the gifts back. He wants our ministers of songs to direct us. And you know in every warfare with the Jews, when things are tough, it's the ministers of songs that come up. To come and show us and say, This is he, and this is the way. He wants us back. Because of us, the world don't believe that he's coming back. It is us who has made them believe that indeed he's not coming back. When they look at us, they realize that what we are saying cannot be true. Is he really coming back? We are not zealous anymore. The church is no longer appealing. Not because the messages are not being preached. But it's because we have lost our zeal. How then do we get ready? Number one, we've got to be watchful and prayerful. Matthew 24, verse 42 to 44. We've got to be watchful and prayerful. Matthew 24, 42 to 44. Watch therefore... For ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready. He wants a check that is ready. For in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Lift up your hands, say, Lord. Grant me grace. Grant me watchfulness for your coming. The reason why I ask you to do this is because Thomas was one of the faithful of Jesus' disciples. One service he missed has caused Thomas a great deal of pain. Indeed, when Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, he said, Thomas was the one that said, Let's go to Jerusalem. We will die with you. He missed one service. You see this program Bishop has organized? Many people should have been here. I tell people, I believe strongly, we may not know the day, but we may know the week. When you read the Bible, you should read it within the context. If the gifts are in the church, We may not know the hour or the day, but I tell you, we may know the week. There will be prophecy in the church. There will be messages in the church. Every meeting is very important in the church in these last days. Every service is important. Be watchful. We have too many options now that's why we do, people have lost faith people have three reasons when things as when God's one doesn't work they have other options why is it that when there's going to be a lot, lar- as an, even the Moses call on Jesus when you have no option you have one God when you have so many options Jesus is not usually we come to Jesus when everything is gone bad number two We must have the oil in our lamp waiting for the groom. In Matthew 25, from verse 4 to 5, I don't know how it changed. But in the Jewish religion, it was the women rather who were waiting for the groom. Hello? Before Jesus came. Because the Bible said that ten virgins had gathered to wait for the groom. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. They were prayerful. They kept on watchful and always praying. Let's move on. Verse 5. While the Braggam tarried, they all slumbered and slept. You need oil. Say, Lord, give me oil. Fill me with more oil. In the name of Jesus. What do you need the oil for? There are times many, the pastor, even the young men do faint. But they that wait upon the Lord, there are a lot of people who are in church but they are discouraged. People say they don't know the value of the church. If you know what the church is doing for people in Africa. Because people have given up already. It's the church that's sustaining us. But we need the oil. We need to be prayerful. We need to be more committed. Because he will not come in this state. He will not. When I was going to marry, my best man, when he came, nobody was in the chair, so he took my wife away. It's one of the things I've never been happy about. He didn't consult me. Dr. Aite, when he said, you know, my wife came from Kumasi, took my wife to Committee 7, they were roaming in town. I said, oh, Pierrot, my heart was breaking. You know, if you are in a wedding environment, and your wife is not coming, it can be very excruciating, you know. So now within a short time, people came. He was also walking through some area in Comte 1. Then he arrived. When he came, he was smiling too. I said, you don't do that. (laughs) He's coming for a bride prepared. I have to control myself because my wife was also smiling. That's one of the interesting things about women who come for wedding late. They are already smiling. He's coming for his bride, but the bride must be well prepared, well dressed, without spot nor wrinkle. That's how he wants the chair to be. In worship, in commitment. Today, we have to call and say, are you coming to church or not? You call a musician and say, who plays the drum? Will, will you come? Say, pastor, I, I will pass through committee eight. And then I will come. That's the one leading prayer. It's like, now it's like pastors are negotiating with members. But when I go, it wasn't like that. It was a privilege to be called upon to say, come and stand here and lead prayer. Indeed, one of your prayers is that you'll be called. How full is your oil? There may be somebody here who, for the past two weeks, hasn't read his Bible. I will not be surprised. There's somebody here who have had 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 a quiet time of prayer life. I will not be surprised. You know, this is the reason why the thing is not coming back. if you have a child and you give birth to that child Satan doesn't care about your life I have seen women I've had one experience in the church the person is in prison for about four years but the mother goes there every day because if it's your child you understand it he goes every day though it's a crime he doesn't give up God doesn't want to give up on you But I'm moving to another side. Be careful. When he comes back, he's coming back as a judge. When he looks at me and you, he tarries. But the question is, how long will he tarry? It is in this state that he will take all of us by surprise. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, show me mercy. Not only me, me and my household. Number three, use the talents to occupy till He comes. If we want to get ourselves ready, we must occupy till He comes. get ourselves preaching the gospel, get ourselves doing something for God. Let us occupy ourselves with the things of God because there's too much laxity. This is one of the things that we are supposed to do. I get amazed when the world is doing a program, the advert they do about it, the way people sponsor. And at times we are doing a church program and there are business people in the church only few of them show up to say, I want to support. I haven't seen any company who wants to sponsor a crusade. I haven't seen any company who wants to survive a church conference. But they will survive Miss Gunness Most Beautiful. They will, they, will, they, will, they will support all the things that are contrary to our values and our system. That should tell you something. I believe that no matter the gifts that God has given us, we must do something about it. The pastor, he that is rich, let him give with simplicity. He that has a ministry, let him wait on his ministry. Let us occupy ourselves till he comes. What are you doing in the church? What are you doing for God? When was the last time you invited somebody to church? The church has become so and less human and humane. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the phones that we have. Because I think about the generation coming and you see them laughing on the phone. And if you are not sure, you may think they are getting mad, you know. You see them chatting. Then they start laughing. When we were growing up, we talked to people. We felt for people. And at times, even you want your father and you call your son, how are you doing this? So you are calling too much. You have called last week. Why are you calling again? You know? And it's affecting us even in our Christian life. Where is the brother in the choir? So I, the quality that you ask me, where is he? So I haven't heard about him. I don't know where he has passed. At times, two weeks, you don't know where the person is. We have become lovers of ourselves. Instead of lovers of God. We must be occupied with something. Get ourselves doing something. Get something to do for God. I came to talk to you about the church. We'll be talking about other things, about what is happening, but I am concentrating on the state of the church. And this is where the issue is coming from. Number four, we must endure persecution and hardship in our readiness. Matthew 24 From verse number 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And this is why I want to talk to you. It's going to be like that. Let's get ready for it. We are going to be hated the more. And there shall many be offended. It's already in the church. People are offended. They leave the church. And shall betray one another and shall hate one another. It's in the church. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wash Iniquity. The reason why we are weak is that now what is wrong, they say is right. When you ask somebody a question, you say, It depends. We cannot really tell what the, we can't draw the line anymore. But I said, But they that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Give the Lord some praise. How are you enduring? Today, when a Christian goes through something small, you won't see him in church for one month. When you ask him, he said, I'm going through a problem. But if you have a problem, is it not the house of God you bring your burden? They stay at home. And they say, well, I was expecting senior pastor to come and visit me. Somebody told me, if you have a senior pastor who has so many branches, talk to any other pastors to come and visit. But if you're expecting... The senior pastor to come to your house before you come back you are looking for offense. You have made up your mind already you want to leave. So you are set a trap that he didn't come so I have left. You must maintain our righteousness number five in Christ. Christ you must maintain our righteousness for his readiness righteousness is not a ritual it's maintaining your faith when jesus told you that he has forgiven you of all your sins and keep into it This holiness and purity conference, we are not being asked that we must be something else. What is saying that the righteousness Jesus gave us maintain it, keep to it. It's not doesn't mean you are perfect, but it means that you are working towards it. What it means is that you don't need to come to church. You know, I was in a conference, and one pastor told me that he knew a prophet. Anytime time he was coming to the church, the church was empty. And I said, why, the, why? He said, when he comes, he is able to tell you the sins you committed three weeks ago. Where and how you did it. And I said, where is he? He said, oh, the prophet is dead. And I said, but man, I stand on the prophet, that is not what it is. I had a son. He asked me to come and pray for him in the Eastern region. Been in ministry for many years. When I went, I think the whole church, they prayed, prayed for about two hours. About five people or six people appeared. Because I have driven, I still had to preach. When I finished, even money to use, it doesn't harm, But he's very loud. And at times he speaks on radio. So I asked him to come to my office. When he came, I said, there's something strange about your ministry how come that you have been doing this for about seven, eight years, you have just about five or six members? He said, apostle, it's the power. The prophetic power. And I said, what does it do? He said, when it comes, I have to tell people their mistakes because, so that they will know that I'm powerful. And I said, no wonder. No wonder... This is what you have become. It got to a point, I have to give him money even to eat. At a point, I said, No, go and look for work to do. I said, Why do you do that? I said, When I do that, they realize that I'm a true prophet. I said, Really? I said, What you are telling the person, he knows already. You don't judge a person twice. As I'm preaching, I don't feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. You don't judge a person twice twice. I sat him and I said, this is not the work of the prophetic. They come to you because they need help. It didn't come to you for you to come and tell them what they do. And I said, I'm a teacher, an apostle, but I tell you, he didn't walk in what God called him to do. When Jesus was alive, everybody flocked to him. Even sinners. They felt that if they came to him in their sinful nature, he will help them, but if they cannot come to you because of your gift, then there's something wrong. And as I end, we must see the harvest. In John 20, in Matthew 24, verse 14. Jesus says this we must go for the harvest. And this is what is worrying why. I felt in my spirit I must go and spe- I must speak about the church. Everything around shows that the end time things are showing. But only one thing in Matthew 24 verse 14. He said, unless this word is preached into all nations he will not come. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the, work, the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Why? Because in Revelation he said, and I saw every tribe, every language, and every nation standing before. When a judge sits on the throne, he must hear both sides. He will never judge you if you have not heard about it. And so he wants every nation to hear. And that is why I started by giving you the statistics. Thomas went to India. Christians in India, it's about 44 million. India is about, it's about 1.4 billion. Now, that tells you, it's a huge place. And so it's possible that it's consecrated in a particular area. The question is that even in our country, how far are we going? We are happy in the church. We have the best songs. We have the best instrument uh, musicians. We have the best choir. I, let's clap for the choir. I have my reasons. No, I get amazed. How the choir rehearses every week. And at the time they come and sing here, and you look at the number that have come and you look at it and say, is it worth it? I think what we got to do is to go out and tell people about Christ. This is what I came to talk to you about. That he is telling because we are not working but in it is the problem that he will take us by surprise. As we keep on telling like Noah's day, it will look as if he is no longer coming, but he will take us by surprise. Purity and balance, wisdom and stature, behavior and patterns.